righteousness and goodness and uh, do it, doing things his way. But no matter what, who in here knows that the reign of the Holy Spirit is always here, amen? And we have received that and we believe for that and we ask for that, amen? So stand up with me if you will. And uh, we are just so, I'm so thankful today. Uh, Miss Karen King, Elder Karen, is going to be leading us in worship today. So excited. So give her a good hand clap as she comes up. Amen. Hallelujah. And then I'm going to pray and then you just take off. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you today for your word. Thank you, Father, that we're healed, that we're whole, that we're blessed, that we're alive, that we're able to do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And Father, we thank you today. That this is the day you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it today, praise God. Because you are king over our life. Positionally, manifestationally, in every way. Spirit, soul, body, financially, socially, Father. We proclaim that Jesus is Lord over this earth. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. 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 Good morning, everybody. I am so blessed to be in the house with y'all today and to worship the Lord. So we have come into this place. We're going to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, and we're going to usher the Holy Spirit in for us to be in his presence. Hallelujah, Lord. Have your way today, Jesus. We open our hearts and minds to you today, Lord. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken. I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus Cause he's never let me down He's faithful through generations So why would he fail now? He won't Hallelujah! He won't. Hallelujah. I've still got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. So I won't be going under. I'm not strength cause I built my life on Jesus he's never let me down he's faithful in every season so why would he fail now he won't glory y'all hallelujah he won't he won't fail, he won't fail, he won't, hallelujah, he won't, he won't fail, he won't fail. 
Jesus.
Hallelujah, Lord. We honor you in this place today, Jesus. Have your way, Lord. Strengthen hearts and minds today, Lord. As we usher you in, Jesus, we love you. Rain wind blue, our house was built on you. And I'm safe with you. I'm gonna make it through. Rain came when blue, my house was built on you. y'all give God some praise in his house today we glorify you Lord we thank you Jesus hallelujah let everything that has breath praise the Lord hallelujah you are life you are love you bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath and our lungs, so we pour. We pour out our praises, your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. Great are you, Lord. You are love. You bring light to the dark. You give hope, you restore every heart that is broken.
Hallelujah, Lord. Glory to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing.
dancing of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence Let us 
experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, give the Lord a better hand clap. Come on, amen. Hey. I uh, want to do uh, this if we can. Um, uh, let's just hold our hands up if you will. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you right now. We thank you, Father, for your presence upon us. We thank you, Father, for your presence within us. We thank you, Father, for your healing power at work in our life, in our lives, in our families. Right now, if you're beside your husband or wife, and I'll just point my hands towards Lisa. Father, we just pray over families right now, and we thank you, Father, for strong families in this church and online. And Father, you protect husbands and wives and mothers and fathers, grandparents, aunts and uncles. Father, you help keep their bond strong. In Jesus' name. Father, we know that in America, 25% of, of children have no father in the home. So, Father, we ask you to bring into their lives fathers. Somebody, a, a, a role model, a godly role model, a spirit-filled role model to help lead them, to help guard them, to help guide them. In Jesus' name. Father, we take authority over every attack over our families, whether it be uh, just stress, satanic, spiritual, healing, physical, financial. Father, we thank you that every knee has to bow to the name of Jesus and every force has to cease in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you right now for strength in our bodies, strength in our minds, strength in our life. Lift your hands up and just thank you for it. Father, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, that you do all things well. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. 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 Let, let's do, give the Lord a good hand clap, if you will. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And give Miss Karen a good hand clap. Amen. <laughs> amen. Now, I am going to say y'all gave Karen more than Jesus. Okay? But... Uh, Jesus didn't lead worship in person, so I think that's okay. Amen. So, hallelujah. You may be seated. If you are a first, second, third time guest with us, whether in person or online, we want to thank you for being with us. <coughs> I want to encourage you, if you will, get a connection card uh, there in front of you, and there's a QR code online. You can use that, especially if you're online. And uh, give us your information. We'd love to connect with you, pray with you, be with you, uh, fellowship with you um, by, by way of uh, communication. And thank you for being with us. Also, if you are, um, I don't do this every on Sunday, but if you get our monthly letter and stuff, I'm, I'm doing a series only in that letter. And I'm calling it Faith is the Currency of the Kingdom. I've had more fun with that phrase in my heart for the last several uh, weeks now and looking forward to it for the rest of the year. So if you'd like that, you can email us. But anyway, Genesis chapter 1, verse 29, as we get ready to give our tithes and offerings, I want to encourage you to, um, here's a slide, it'll tell you all the ways to give, PayPal, Cash App, Zelle, 
chickens, donkeys, uh, horses, uh, rings, jewels, the, the rings and those jewels, Isaiah 3 and 23, um, whatever it takes. That's an actual verse, Isaiah 3 and 23, uh, the rings and those jewels. Um, have you want to give? I will say we used to use it, and we still have it. And but we're moving away from an app called Tidely, T-I-T-H-E dot L-Y. Uh, we've used it for years. We've only got one or two people who use it online and stuff. So if you use that, you may want to switch to. Um, it's gotten real weird for them to send the money, so we're shifting away from that. Um, so it's really, really kind of quirky. So anyway, um, but if you give that way, praise God, it's there. We just may not can get it for a while. Kind of have an amen. So it's just kind of weird. And, uh, but, but thank God for it. Genesis chapter 1. I just want to use this verse as we get ready to give it. It says, And God said, verse 29, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. And to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, to everything that creeps on the earth, in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food. And it was so. Verse 29 again says, I have given you every herb that yields seed which is on the face of the earth. All life is seeds. There is nothing on this earth that does not operate through seed time and harvest. Even human conception is seed and harvest. Everything works off seed. Can I have an amen? Who in here wants to reap a good harvest? Then you got to sow some seed. Who in here wants to reap a harvest of healing? Say amen. Then you got to sow some seed. Do you remember that? Remember that? I forget when this was or how old our kids were, but we did a week or two where we met at the kitchen table and I got my Bible and I got all my kids' little cheap notebooks and I would teach on healing just so they'd know. I remember one night, it's one of my favorite, fondest memories with Sarah Beth as a, uh, when I traveled. We were um, going to Pennsylvania. We're driving back. It's a late Sunday night and I got, we got eight, nine hours. We're just driving. And somehow Sarah Beth got on to some Bible question. And probably the next three, three and a half hours, we spoke on that Bible question. But I did something different for her that I would, you know, that I didn't normally do. I told her one time, I said, get your Bible out. I said, I want you to read this in the Bible, make sure you see it for yourself. I've always been thankful for that night. And we talked about, you know, it just kind of the, the conversation wandered and drifted. But somebody says, why did you enjoy it so much? Because it sowed seed in her life that I knew would bring a harvest. You have to sow seed. Can I have an amen? It's one of the reasons why it's so bad that you have so many fatherless children on this earth, and especially in America, because you don't have someone sowing seed. Of, of example, of word, of encouragement. And you don't say, but who in here knows on the other side, if we know the principle, we can make it work for us, work for us all the time. And we can sow seed. My kids pick at me sometimes and they'll say, well, daddy, we don't need a teaching moment. Well, evidently you do. Can I have an amen? That right there begs for one. I'm just teasing. Um, so as we get ready to give, I want you to hold your offering in your hand. I think my phone's over there. I'll just hold my Bible. Hold your whole offering in your hand, however you want to give, cash, champ, online, cash, whatever. But hold, hold something as we pray. Um, I read this week that uh, right now the stock market's going through the roof, and certain economic indicators state that it's going to go great. And who in here knows there's always those who say it's going to go great, and there's those who say it's not going to be great. But I read other guys, and they say they expect it to crash in the next year, 18 months. And I thought then, I don't care which way it goes. 
Because Philippians 4.19 has never changed one bit. Can I have an amen? My God shall supply all our need, my need, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So, so amen. So, Father, we thank you so much right now for the seed of the word of God, which gives us faith to grow and to plant, to reap and to harvest. And that, Father, right now we sow and we honor you with our tithes and our first fruits. And we give seed. Father, we thank you that we not only plow the ground with our tithe, we plant it with the offerings. And we thank you, Father, for supernatural harvest in our life. Harvest abundantly above all that we could ask or think and that you meet every need that we have in Jesus' name. We call every need met. Father, we thank you that as a church, we have a place to meet. We thank you that as a church, we are a growing congregation with people coming in. We thank you that as a church, we never worry about tomorrow. But Father, as families, we thank you that those things are the same for us. We have a place to live, you meet all of our needs, and we're not worried about tomorrow. We put all of our confidence in you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen. God bless you as you give. You can come up. If you have any prayer requests, please fill those out on your cards and let those, pray for those. Some more light in here, David. Let me see how pretty everybody looks today. Amen. I heard one, one resounding voice of faith there. Amen. I didn't hear too many. Evidently, not everybody's got all, all as much uh, as much conviction as Harold does. Amen. Who in here feels pretty today? Say amen. Good looking, handsome, whatever words you want to use. Hallelujah. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Habakkuk. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. And thank you, Father, that our faith will grow today. Thank you, Father, that you lead us into the paths of righteousness for your namesake. And that, Father, your Holy Spirit is here and there, wherever we are, watching this today, to hear your word. And, Father, we love the word of God. And we thank you, Father, for the opportunity to, to preach the word and to receive the word and to receive revelation knowledge in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. Give me a better amen. Now, I wasn't here last week, uh, me and, uh, and I felt so bad about this uh, after I found out was, um, you know, we, we tested positive for COVID. Neither one of us knew we had it and uh, we didn't feel good. And uh, we missed last Sunday. I was still testing negative late Saturday, so I didn't come and Lisa was still testing I mean, I was testing positive late Saturday. She was testing positive. But evidently, Pastor Chris told everybody I had it, but didn't tell about her. And I felt bad about that because I've had some people, I've been praying for you. And Lisa's like, well, nobody's been praying for me. Everybody, can I have an amen? So, amen. So, you know, but we're one. We're one. So, if you're praying for me, you're praying for her. Or you better be. And, um, but thank God for healing. Amen. Neither one of us really knew we had it. Didn't, just didn't feel right. And who in here knows when you eat a Luden's throat lozenge, it should taste like cherry from the trees of heaven. Can I have an amen? Love those things. And it didn't taste right. So that's why I took a test. And so anyway, good to, good to, but I missed, missed you last week. Habakkuk chapter two, verse two. This is uh, the message translation. Going to read a couple verses here, uh, two and three. It says, write this, write what you see, write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. The vision, this vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait. And it doesn't lie. 
If it seems slow in coming, wait, it's on its way. It will come right on time. Now, I said this four or five weeks ago, and what's amazing was, I actually, on Tuesday, I remember this so well, uh, I don't remember a lot about Tuesday. Uh, I went to bed Monday night after spending time at y'all's house and with Jackson climbing all over me and uh, having a great time and then went home and didn't feel good. But, but I felt great even after I took a shower that night. And I all day, so I, I put it, sometimes when I don't feel this way, I'll put it on uh, this Christian channel. It's called Go Victory. And I'll, I'll just leave it on, just, just running and running. What's amazing was every time I woke up, I heard somebody preaching on vision all day Tuesday. I, over and over. In fact, I heard some of the same, because they'll repeat. You know, there's only so many shows, so they repeat the broadcast. I heard the same parts of the same shows twice. So I took that as a good encouragement that, you know, not, number one, we need to make sure we have our vision well set, not only as an individual, not only as a family, but as a church. And so it says, right, and I used this phrase several weeks ago, vision gives imagination permission to exist in your life. I still believe that's just a great, great quote. Vision gives imagination permission to exist in your life. Now, everybody say imagination or imagine. Now, who in here knows Disney loves that word? They call them the, uh, what, the Imagineers and stuff. And, you know, they're imagine, you know in, in, imagination's a powerful thing. Now, here's something I've read just recently, and I, I thought this was incredible. And I love Jackson. He'll be five in about two months. And uh, who knows a five-year-old's just fine. You can get them to do stuff that will embarrass other people. Can I have an amen? You know, it's just fun. Me and Jackson's talking the other night, and I don't know what he was going through. He was aggravated. And he goes, I want a real lightsaber. I said, why? So I can kill people. So evidently, he was working through some deep things. Can I have an amen? And we all laugh about that, but I got to be honest. I wouldn't mind having a real lightsaber, too, for the exact same reason. Can I have an amen? Now, wait a minute. Now, look at this. I'm in my 50s. Who in here knows that's just a stupid imagination? But as a five-year-old... You know, you got to have some grace. He, he doesn't know that much, and he's learning. But did you know that in studies of genius-level activity, the older you get, the less genius-like growth you potentially have? Why? This is what this article said. Because of imagination. When a child is two, three, four, five, six, seven, their imagination just explodes. We'll be driving down the road with Jackson. This is the back seat. Nobody's talking to him. Nobody's saying a word. Me and Lisa's in our own little world. But this is what you hear. I mean, there is something happening in the back seat. I don't know what it is. It's his imagination. We got in the truck one night and he said, Papa, this was fun. He goes, what? He goes, this is a spaceship truck. I said, it is, Jackson. I just got into it. It is. I said, you ready to take off? Three, two. You know, and I hit the floor. You know, I took off real short. You know, he's in there. That imagination just runs wild. But the thing about an imagination is it can see opportunity and it can create things. Now, here's something funny. Who in here has a cell phone? Say amen. amen. Who in here likes your cell phone and enjoy it? Say amen. You know where the cell phone idea came from? Who said it? Star Trek. He had that little communicator. 
And I remember watching a, uh, an interview of a guy, and he was one of the leading inventors of cell phones. He said, I remember as a child watching that, and I said, one day I want a device that can do that. He let his imagination. Who in here has ever remembered a Palm Pilot? Remember those little things? In fact, I had one. I still got it. I ain't never got rid of it. One reason being is it's got an infrared remote. The early ones did, the old ones don't, and the newer ones didn't. And I could control the TV. And my kids didn't know that. So this is, you know, this, we, we didn't have that many remotes, but I would just walk through with my Palm Pilot and change channels, and our kids are like, Daddy, something's happening. I'm like, Shoo. you know, and I turned the volume up and down. Still got, the guy who created it, you know what he did? I think this is something. He got a piece of wood. He knew what he wanted and he imagined it. He got this piece of wood and he, on that piece of wood, drew out. And he said, all during the day, he said, everybody thought he was nuts. Now, what's funny is Palm Pilot, nobody even uses that anymore. That's not even a common brand because they lost the imagination and the edge. I'll give you another company if you think about it. Who remembers having their Blackberry? Who in here misses their Blackberry? Let us all raise our hands. I miss my Blackberry. I love the little keypad. And the, the, I mean, I did. I, I enjoyed it. Lisa, man, it, it was like Lisa gave up Jesus when she had to get rid of that Blackberry. I mean, she, we, we, we resurrected that, cleaned that rollerball, I don't know how many times to get that thing working again. It was a great phone. Left them. But the guy with the Blackberry actually carried that piece of wood on. And every time he had to do something that day, he would imagine what he was doing. And his friends thought he was nuts. He's got a little block of wood. He'd pull it out and he would act like he's writing stuff. They said, what are you doing? He says, I'm getting ready. I'm going to invent this. They were like, you're nuts. He changed the world. Because it is his invention and the cell phone put together that gives you the smartphone. That idea, that concept. It was imagination. Now, the problem with imagination, though, is, is it can be unrestrained. Just like a young five-year-old kid who wants a lightsaber. Jackson, why do you want a lightsaber? Not to protect humanity. I want to kill somebody. Can I have an amen? You know, which kind of cracks me up. But he's five. You know, he's just hearing stuff he's seen on TV. Ain't nothing, you know. But again, if I let it go unrestrained, it creates a whole other issue. So as a parent, as a grandparent, as an influencer in somebody's life, you have to channel that. You have to encourage that. Because imagination left unchecked can go into lasciviousness. And that's a great Old Testament or a New Testament word, which means no restraint. It'll just do whatever. It'll just run wherever. So imagination's good as long as it's like a, like a racehorse. There's a story of a racehorse. His name was Seabiscuit. There's a great uh, book about the story of Seabiscuit, very uplifting book. And um, that, that horse had been abused. And they're out tracking it one day and they're testing it. And that horse is just flipping and flopping and stuff. And somebody looked at somebody and they said, is he fast? He goes, yes, but he's got one problem. They said, what? He goes, he's fast in every direction. And as you, they said as he ran, he just would flop. It's like, it's like he, he didn't have the discipline to run to a direct uh, a purpose, which is just like an unchecked imagination. It'll run anywhere. So you have to make sure your imagination is anchored in something. And what you have it anchored in is more important than the imagination. Because the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, if you will turn with me there, we're skipping that one reference in Genesis. Acts chapter 2 verse 17 says, <coughs> this is from the prophet Joel, 
This is a prophecy that came to pass. It's Joel 2.28. Uh, it shall come to pass in those last days. This is Acts 2. 17 says God that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your young men shall see visions your old men shall dream dreams now visions and dreams are very much like imagination they are inspired sight if you will <coughs> of things to come or things you need to be focused on actually in the Hebrew from Joel 2:28, that word dream there means a dream with the prophetic meaning so in other words, it is a dream that has a God-ordained prophecy or propheticness to it. <clears throat> so here's why I'm trying to uh, uh, <coughs> attach these two. Your imagination, dream, must have an attachment to prophecy, the Word of God, to the Spirit of God. If it doesn't, it is unrestrained. Who in here knows that a racehorse, or let's, let's say a plow horse, can do great things, but it has to be attached to the plow. Just running out there around by itself, it doesn't do any work. But attached to something with some purpose, it does great work. I used to preach up in Pennsylvania, and it's funny to me, you know, a lot of history in Pennsylvania. In fact, this little town I'd preach in, uh, Washington, uh, George Washington had uh, bivouacked there, and the Continental Army had bivouacked there, and so that was a you know, big thing. And, uh, but they would do these um, big, big events, um, the Apple Festival and all this stuff, you know, big events. And that town was like going back to Mayberry RFD, Andy Griffith Show. It really was. It was like going back in time. But I remember they, they, would, they would, you know, these big events, where they'd bring these big, huge workhorses. And the workhorses would, you know, um, what, you know, um, it was like, um, I don't know, they'd put like corn and stuff in it, you know, a mill. And it would, you know, run the millstone. <coughs> now, who in here knows that that horse is a great, great horse when it's attached to something or a productive horse. <coughs> Can I get one of them mints? But without being attached to something, it's not productive. I want something. <laughs> Cup of coffee. Something. Thank you, babe. So you've got to have that. So again, now everybody say imagination. Now see, that's a bad thing though. Sometimes as you get older, you'll let your imagination stop. Now, again, just because it's attached to the Word of God doesn't mean it should be diminished. If anything, it should be bigger. And everybody say amen. <coughs> I remember, um, I watched this on video. I, I wish I could have the video. I am probably 17 years old. Never forgotten this. I've never shared this. Either. There was a healing minister. <coughs> excuse me. And he's praying for people. Now, here's something I've never understood. And I, I, I mean, I, I don't understand this. And I will, never will understand this. And you never will either. I do not know the heart of someone. Can I have an amen? You don't either. The Bible says no man knows the spirit of a man except the spirit of the man. That's in the man. So only God knows the heart of someone. And everybody say amen. Come on, give me a better amen than that. Are y'all hot? Let's turn the air conditioners on, okay? Amen. I want some active people. So who in here knows? Thank you, sweetie. Thank God. Okay. Let's just hold the water. So, uh, where was I at? Who in here knows? Huh? Who in here knows? Knows what? Where's I going with that? I mean, Y'all got to give me more to work on than that. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> I'm, I know. I'm just, I was testing y'all. Um, so but you don't know where people are. That's like the story where the woman who came up and I said, let's pray and let's ask our good heart, heavenly father. And she just cried. She goes, I can't do that. 
And I said, why? She goes, because I've never had a man be good to me. She says, I can't imagine a heavenly father that's a man being good. So, you know, God meets us where we are. But I've never forgotten this. This, this minister's preaching on healing. And who in here knows Jesus is our healer? Amen. But, you know, some people can't see that. They just can't see it. They have been taught that Jesus don't heal. I used to hear people preach that. It passed away with the apostles. We don't know the ways of God. God has a way to work all things out to his purposes. Implying that God is making people sick. <coughs> I'd ask him, I'd say, where is that at in the Bible? Where did Jesus make anybody sick? Well, you know, that's just higher. God's ways are, and they'll just talk around the barn. Never give you an answer for anything. His ways are higher than our ways. We just don't know. And it sounds so spiritual. So again, you don't know where people are. And the one reason I've never shared this is because I think it can bother people. But it, but it makes my point very strong today. So he's preaching on healing. How God wants you well and how you must identify that Jesus is your healer. And that what Jesus did on the cross, he did for you. But see, some people can't do that. Because who in here knows it's easy to believe that God will bless you, but you don't know me. Again, I'm the pastor who sometimes wants a lightsaber. Can I have an amen? Who in here knows what this means? Y'all remember that joke? That's my invisible ray gun that I hold into my seat on 285. That when someone drives slow in the left lane, which should be a capital offense in the nation. Can I have an amen? That I am sitting there and I am in my heart. Now, I'm not blowing them up. I'm not shooting them. I'm just creating small holes in their tires so they can have a flat and just get out of our way. Can I have an amen? Three levels of punishment in hell. One is if you don't know Jesus. Two is if you don't know Jesus and we're like Hitler. Three is if you don't know Jesus and you drive slow in the left lane of the interstate. Can I have an amen? That's the deepest level of punishment there should ever be. Can I have an amen? Okay. <coughs> so this woman comes up. He's praying for healing. And he stopped with her. I've never forgotten this. I mean, he's just walking up, you know, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And he stops. And he looked at her. He says, close your eyes. And it was the gifts of the Spirit in operation. He says, you can't imagine. He says, number one, he goes, you need to see Jesus on that cross. He goes, I want you to, right now with your eyes closed, he says, can, he goes, look up. And she lifted her head up. He says, I want you to imagine right now. He says, look up and see him on that cross. And, as he, and the more he talked, you could see her lips quiver. And he says, can you see him there? He said, he's battered and bruised. He's got that, that, that crawl, the, the, the crown of thorns on there. He's been stabbed. He's, he's fine. He's even for breath. His body is just marred and scarred and blood's flowing everywhere. He says, can you see it? She, she, she shakes her head. He says, he did that for you. He said, in fact, he's looking at you right now, filled with love, and you can see her face just... It's the first time she had ever took the time to imagine that Jesus had done that for her. And I've never forgotten this, because it says lay hands on the sick, so it wasn't really hands, but to me it works. He says, now as you're looking up at him, he said, off his face, filled with love for you, drops of blood hit you, and that blood brings healing to your body. And as he said that, he tapped her head for that drop. And the moment he did it, man, her face broke, and she began to weep. And still, if I think about it, it can just move my heart. It was so beautiful. Because she had never seen. She couldn't see it. 
And again, if you can't see it, you'll never, you'll never have it. You've got to be able to see it. Some men have a great, great problem. They cannot see underwear on the floor. Can I have an amen? Or a bad toilet bowl. I can be one of them guys. Not on, not on the clothes. Not on the clothes. I'm pretty quick. Them, them things, we got two, what do you call them? Bags, not bags, but laundry baskets. <laughs> I got one for whites. We got one for colors. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much Johnny on the spot. The other thing I'm, I'm anal about this is you, when you take socks off, you group them together. That way you don't lose socks. I'm funny about that one. Because I hate getting this, an escape sock. Can I have an amen? One made it free from the concentration camp, one still in bondage. Amen. I, I hate that one that's still in bondage. Uh, he should have ran too. So, you know, you got to work on that. But, but, you know, but sometimes when you don't see it, now some things you just have to work. But again, when we're talking about possessing things that God has prophesied to us, prophetic dreams, scripture, you need to see it. There's sometimes when it comes to healing, you need to visualize and be able to see yourself healed or having a good relationship with your kids. Well, anytime I talk to my mom and daddy, we always fuss. That's all you see. Why don't you see that the next time you go in, you have a good time? Well, we don't have a deep relationship like I wish we had. Who does on some relationships? Can I have an amen? amen? I mean, I want that father's knows best relationship. I want to walk in every night at five and have Lisa bring me my pipe and slippers. But you got to begin to see it. Why not see that you've got a relationship with them? Why not see that God is working in that direction? Now, God told Nimrod in the Tower of Babel, this is Genesis chapter 11, that nothing which they have imagined shall ever be impossible to them. Now, here's two thoughts on that verse. First, that if you can imagine it, nothing's impossible. But the other one is that at that moment, Nimrod, and who was the king at the time in Genesis 11, who if you study certain uh, theologians, believe that Nimrod was the archetype for Jupiter and Zeus, the early gods, if you will, of mythological renown. Nimrod, his goal was to go up into heaven, and at that time, if you got into heaven, you could become God. And that's why they had these spires, is what they're called, and there were these great big towers, because the higher you are, the closer to God. And if you were poor, you didn't have a spire, but if you were the king, you had your spire because you have now been done in the God class. Who in here has ever heard of, of Egyptians who believed that their Pharaoh was God? And they would actually have a, uh, a ceremony so that basically the demonic spirit of that God could come into that uh, Pharaoh. But God said that Nimrod and them, it could have been possible. Now think of that. He stopped them doing what they were doing because their imagination, he says, if they have imagined it, it will not be impossible. Which is that not very similar to the scripture Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believes. So you've got to see it. What did that woman with the issue of blood say? She said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. She saw that. Sometimes, you, you know, and I don't know if I, there's a part of me, I wonder if that's not a prophetic revelation she received. 
And that's why she acted on it. Now, I haven't seen the TV show, The, the Chosen. Every time when it came out, we said, we're going to wait for it to all drop. And then we keep waiting for it to all drop. And it still hadn't all dropped, so we hadn't started. Can I have an amen? But I have read the book version. Can I have an amen? Okay. But I remember, you know, but I've heard that that scene where um, that woman with the issue of blood comes in. You know, those were small towns. Everybody probably knew her. And whether or not everybody knew her, Jairus should have known her. Because he was one of the leaders of the synagogue. So he should have known her. All of them had a right to stone her, deal with her, but why? Her conviction of what she saw was so strong, it pulled her. So, so you need to develop the image of God on the inside of you so much that it pulls you, that it draws you. Why was I listening to Go Victory when I was laying there? I needed something to pull me and to help me. My first job, I hated. My first real job, I hated it. I'd gone off to Bible college, got homesick, came back home. When I graduated school, when I, when I was in high school, I had to take the SATs. I sent my SAT scores to three schools, Oral Roberts, UNC Chapel Hill, where Michael Jordan went. Can we all say praise his name? Amen, okay? And James Worthy. James Worthy went to high school near me. That was our claim to fame. And the military academy, Na- Annapolis, Naval Military. All three sent me pre-admission forms. My, my gra- I had good grades. But I'm going to Bible college. So I didn't apply, didn't follow up. Even the local college, Gaston Community College. You know, I could have went there. But I got homesick, come home. I ain't got nowhere to go. It's already passed. You cannot apply. It's too late. Definitely for Annapolis. Chapel Hill, out. Oral Roberts, out. I ain't nowhere I can go. So I got me a job in a warehouse making almost $14 an hour in 1984. That was money. But that was also quite close to slave labor. Can I have an amen? And I'm not kidding. It was just hard, hard work. In 95, 80 degree temperatures outside, 120 inside a truck. And so I got this job. I hated it. I absolutely, before God Almighty, hated it. You know why? It was work. Can I have an amen? (laughs) It was hard work. But I also knew that I wasn't going the direction I felt called to go. Does that make sense? I know I'm supposed to be in ministry. I, I never can say God told me to go to that Bible college. I just seemed like the best option to do. I didn't have any idea how God could get me where I needed to be. I look back and thank God I didn't go. I'd have never met Lisa. And I met Lisa at the mall. Can I have an amen? That's real spiritual. Praise the Lord. Can I have an Amen. So I'm, I'm sitting there. Every morning I went to work, I had to listen to preaching tapes. I'd listen. I'd cry. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't express this. I hated that job. But I worked hard. So they let me, they liked me. And finally I got so aggravated with it, I wanted to work for a Christian company. This is one reason why I can't stand that, that, that mindset. So I go to work for this Christian construction company who had absolutely one of the most wicked. In fact, there wasn't a heathen person that I worked for at that warehouse that was as mean-spirited as the spirit-filled guy that was our foreman for the Christian company. One of the most mean-spirited men I've ever worked for or been with. And when I challenged him on a couple things, they said, well, that's just who he is. I'm like, well, poo on this. I went back to the warehouse. Hated it. My dad looked at me one day and he said, Chris, he goes, won't you just quit? I said, I cannot let this beat me. 
There was something in the word of God that told me I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And then Paul, who I got really ticked off with, says, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Well, I didn't know either one. Can I have an amen? And I didn't like him at all for saying that because I got to figure that one out. But I kept listening to it. And I listened to it long enough that all of a sudden it changed. And I got to be honest, my last day there was one of the sweetest days I ever had at a job leaving. All the guys, I'm the minority there. I'm the only, the only white guy. All the guys are, and these guys are brutes. You are nobody compared to these dudes. I don't mean that wrong, and you're somebody. You got a great, these guys are just monsters. And I mean, I'm, I'm in this truck with about nine of them, other workers. Some of them are on other shifts or on other docks, but we all got to know each other. And they know this is my last day. And they are drilling me like a drill sergeant on why am I leaving? What are you doing? What about this? What about that? And then we shifted over into church and life and spiritual things. This is all day. I've never forgotten that day. I look back and I'm so thankful to God I let myself die enough to enjoy the job and see the vision potential that that job had. Because every one of them to the last one that when I left shook my hand and they, they all looked at me and none of these guys are serving God. They all looked at me and they said, man, keep the faith. Don't mess up like me. I said, well, what do you mean messed up? I, said, I was like, I would gotten to the point. I gave it just as, who in here knows you gotta, if you're going to take trash, you got to talk trash. Can I have an amen? I talked back right this way. I said, man, I said, I said, hey, it ain't too late. Just jump back in. I said, Jesus don't care about all that. Just jump back in. They all thanked me. They all gave me, you know, the, <laughs> it was just great. Wouldn't have happened to have that ministry. Now, here, here's another story. Same place. Again, I hated it right about this time, but I was kind of changing. And I'm working with this guy. This is the day before I went to work for the Christian company. Has everybody got me? And this guy who's 20 years older than me, I'm 18 years old. He's 38, 40. He's going through a divorce with his wife. And on the day I leave, quote, to be gone, which they gave me like a time, a leave of absence. And that's why I told them I wanted. And they said, okay, they said, you're a good worker. If you don't like it, come back, we'll keep you. I said, okay. I, I had these tapes, two, I still have them. Two best marriage tapes I've ever heard in my life by a pastor by the name of Charles Neiman in Dallas, Texas. So I, got, I, I gave him, and I looked at him. And so here's a kid, 18, giving a grown man tapes on marriage. I ain't, I ain't got a woman. Can I have an amen? Has ever got me? I ain't, I ain't got a girlfriend. But I talked up to him and I was stammering. I said, brother, I said, I, um, I, I just feel led to give you these. I said, you told me the other day, I said, I heard you said that you're going through a hard time with your wife. I said, I, 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 I just pray it helps you. I said, but you know, so I'll leave. That was on a Friday. I didn't see him for two weeks because I'm at the Christian company. I come back on Monday, two weeks later. And he goes, I need to talk to you. And I thought, oh, Lord Jesus, my God in heaven, help me. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, because I'm about to die. And he came up to me, and he says, I owe you something. I said, what? I'll cry on this one. He goes, I'm still married because of those tapes. He says, I got my car, and he says, I didn't have anything to listen to, so I threw that first one in. I thought, I'm just going to listen to a little bit just to waste my time, because I'm not going to learn anything. He goes, that guy jumped on me and chewed me out for a solid 90 minutes. 
So I decided I'd listen to the second tape. He goes, me and my wife went back to church and we've rededicated our lives. Wouldn't have happened if I couldn't have seen some vision potential in that bad situation. The situation doesn't determine whether or not the vision comes true. Whether or not the vision is in your heart and written decides whether it comes true. So I began to write stuff. Can I have an amen? See, God is waiting on you to activate that imagination. Harness to the Word of God, not running out there. Because if you do that, you get weird. I, uh, I've got a set of CDs, actually um, MP3s now. I listen to them every year. I just listened to them a couple weeks ago. Um, it's called the ABCs of Bible Faith. And it's by Kenneth Hagin. Best eight tapes I've ever heard on faith in my life. I listen to them every year. And one reason I listen to him so much, I've enjoyed it so much, is he messes so much in them. He rabbits trails on stuff that deals with where people are. Everybody say imagination. Because he said every year at Bible College, who in here has ever heard of college called uh, Lee Bridal College instead of Lee Bible College? Christ for the Nation's Bridal College. What are you going to get? And a lot of the girls would say, I'm looking for an MRS degree. Can I have an amen? Misses. But he said every year, but I've seen people do this. Every year, their imagination will run. They don't have no prophetic dream, word from God. And the Bible says in Proverbs 29 that where there is no vision, and that word vision there means prophetic revelation, the people perish. You've got to have prophetic revelation so that you can see spiritually where to go. But they'll sit and they'll be looking around and they'll say, oh, oh, look at her. And he messes with this. And then this is him preaching to his own students. This is the great part about it. And they all start laughing. He says, oh, look at her. I'm going to claim her as my wife. And he spends probably 10 minutes talking about that foolishness. There's no revelation. He, he'll stop. He says, has God told you that? Oh, I thought he has. Well, see, you better make sure you have some prophetic revelation. That's not stuff you think about. There was one minister during that time by the name of Norval Hayes. I heard him preach on this. I've heard other people preach on this because it happened. Norval was rich financially before he went in the ministry. And he did well after the ministry. He was actually approached by a guy by the name of Dave Thomas to invest in a company called Wendy's. And he told him, he says, why does America need another hamburger joint? This is doomed for failure. Lester goes, uh, I mean, Norval goes, evidently I'm not really wise all the time. Can I have an amen? Wendy's has done well. But Norval was divorced. After he got involved in his ministry, his wife left him. They said at every meeting he ever did, some woman would walk up to him and say, the Lord's impressed me. We should get married. I am to be your wife. And he finally looked at him. He said, well, sister, when the Lord impresses me that you're to be my wife, we'll talk. Until then, keep praying. Now, see, you got to watch it. What, what were they doing? They were attaching certain things emotional to it. I'm talking about prophetic Bible revelation on areas where you cannot get off. Salvation, healing, peace, baptism of the Holy Spirit, prosperity, faithfulness. You, those things are non-negotiables. We ought to be standing in faith for those things all the time. The other parts of life, we have to discern. Can I have an amen? And when you discern it, hold to it. Don't give up on it. There's a lady we used to go to church with, I'll close with the name, by the name of Shelly Mitchum. 
Now, we were talking about divorce a little bit in the small group. Her and her husband got married before they were saved. She gets saved and he don't want to get married. He don't want to, he don't want to stay married. He didn't mind staying married, but he liked doing his drugs and he liked sleeping around. So Shelly, you know, when she'd come to church, we'd pray for her. Well, I was her pastor for a time. She comes up one day to me and she says, I don't want to let him go. She said, everybody tells me to just let him go. Now, there's a verse that says, if the unbeliever depart, let him depart. The believer's not held in bondage. She says, but I don't want to let him go. I feel called to continue to stand to believe for him. I said, well, Shelly, if that's what you feel, prophetic revelation, if that's what you sense from the Lord, let's just keep standing. I said, I think you got rights to let him go if you want to. I said, but if you feel called to stand, stand. Can I have an amen? Now, see, don't get in condemnation on the other. Because just because you say that, somebody's going to say, well, I felt led to go. Well, walk your own walk out with God with fear and trembling. Can I have an amen? Don't be stupid like Paul said people are, comparing yourselves amongst yourselves. So I looked at her and said, look, well, it was about a year or so later, he came to the Lord, got rededicated his life, got, got filled with Holy She had to walk in what she sensed was the will of God. Can I, has everybody got that? And it lined up with Scripture. Now, when you walk in that, that is one of the most powerful positions to live in. Somebody asked me one time, you know, they, we were talking about something, and I was talking about how God had always met our needs and been faithful, and they were like, well, what's the secret? When we ran for Congress, these two consultants we had looked at me one day on a Tuesday or Monday. They said, we need some money. I said, I ain't got none. I said, but me and Lisa's going to pray. By Thursday, we had $8,000. And one of my consultants, who I think was Presbyterian girl, she goes, I didn't think that would work. Can you do it again? I said, no, but God can. Can I have an amen? They didn't have any idea for that. The, the church at the landing, we needed $8,000 by Thursday morning to pay the power bill. And if we didn't pay the power bill, they were going to cut the power off. And then it was going to cost 12 to have it turned back on. Well, we didn't have the eight. Well, I'm praying with these 10 pastor friends of mine, and they said, what's your prayer request? Tuesday morning. They said, what's your prayer request? Pray for mama, pray for daddy, pray for my cousin. We're going through a hard time at our church. It gets to me. I said, well, we need $8,000 by Thursday morning or they cut the power off. I said, so y'all just pray that it comes in. And then it goes to this friend of mine, John Milam, down in Milledgeville, I think it is. And they said, John goes, they said, what is it, John? He goes, I ain't got a prayer request, but I got a great praise report. And we all said, well, praise God. What is it, John? He goes, thank God I'm not you. Amen. He goes, that's all I know. I'm just thankful to God I ain't you. And somebody said, what's the secret to that? I don't know. Other than this, I desire to be where I'm called to be, doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and being faithful. Can I have an amen? Pray and obey. And don't compare about other stuff. Look at somebody and say, I write the vision, and it's coming to pass. I believe I have it now. Can I have an amen? You just have to begin to see that. And when you close your eyes, especially if it's healing, let Jesus be looking at you. And let that blood fall on you. And let his goodness, and, and just receive it. And thank God for it. And I'll throw this out. Begin to see yourself healed. Begin to see it healed. All I do is cough. All I do is this. That's all that hurts. No, stop and see it. Close your eyes and just dream, walking, running, doing. Well, I can't do that like I used to. I might not can either. 
but you ain't gonna ever hear me say it. Can I have an amen? And I might not can do it as good as long as I once could, but I could probably do it once. Can I have an amen? I totally said that. I think I could. I think I could do a 5K. She goes, yeah, but it may take you a week to recuperate. I said, well, I didn't say that. Can I have an amen? Close your eyes with me. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for your goodness. And thank you, Father, that you give us prophetic revelation for our life from the Word of God. Again, Proverbs says, where there is no vision, where there is no prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills our soul. Father, help us to always follow that. And Father, as we take our vision statement and we continue to work on it, we hold it before you, Father, and we thank you that you said that if we would delight in you, you would give us the dreams of our heart. So Father, we thank you that means both. You birth the prophetic revelation of it and you bring it to pass. And in Jesus' name, Father, we see that. If you're not born again, no matter where you're, if you're in here or online, I want to challenge you to make Jesus the Lord of your life and see yourself that way. See yourself born again, walking righteous, walking whole, walking redeemed, peace of mind, and a great conscience. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. amen. Now look at somebody. Say, get busy. Write it down. And start planning on it. I always, I always have the great joy. Somebody ever, you know, I had somebody just this week, they asked me, they said, how's Molly doing? Where's Molly at? I always have the great joy telling them Molly's story. I said, well, she works for Dave Ramsey. Oh, that's so good. I said, well, she talked about it when she was 14 years old. Wasn't she about 14? She'd say, one day I'm going to work for Dave Ramsey. You're the one who said you're going to buy the house next door to us and live beside us for the rest of your life and take care of us when we get old. She left. Can I have an amen? (laughs) That's why we love Sarah Beth and Luke a whole lot more. I'm teasing we don't. Love them all the same. But but she would tell, she she did that. Uh, Just just to give God praise on one thing. You know, actually one of her friends looked at her one time, she said, and they're both Christians. She goes, I don't understand something. She goes, what? She goes, stuff works in your life and it doesn't seem to work in my life. I don't understand the difference with God. And Molly was telling me this way. She goes, the problem is she don't understand the difference is her. Because everything she believes she's getting, she believes it's the will of God. Everything. Everybody say God is good. Especially to me. Because he loves me. More than I know. More than I understand. More than I deserve. Can I have an amen? Now smile at me big. Let me see some big pearlies or or some golden browns, whatever you got. Amen. I don't care what you got. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Whatever you got. We we, we ain't going to say. Amen. Just thank God you got some. Amen. Amen. Uh, A couple things real quick uh, for our announcements and then we'll be dismissed. Um, So what, yeah, second Saturday prayer. That is not... Oh, that's this Saturday. That's right. I missed a Saturday. I missed a whole week. Okay, so that's this Saturday at 5, Second Saturday prayer, this coming Saturday. That's right. Last week was, okay, anyway. Second Saturday prayer. Let's go eat afterwards. Uh, women encouraging women. <clears throat> the first Saturday of each month. They just had it yesterday. Karen did a great job. Amen. Amen. And um, um, so that'll be next month, which is March 
something. Um, look at March something, write that down. Uh, every Wednesday, online exclusive Bible study. Um, we we're finishing up a series this week, and then we'll start another one next week. And then I think that's it, except for one more. Uh, first Sunday, yeah, we'll, we'll join us March 3rd. We will start our uh, first Sundays back up. And then next Sunday, look at somebody and say, next Sunday. It's my fault we didn't get a slide paint. Um, and I didn't get uh, to make a slide. But anyway, uh, we're going to make one and then uh, email it out to everybody and text it too. Uh, this next coming Sunday, uh, February the 11th, um, I always love having Danny Johnston come in about the first of the year. And so he will be with us next Sunday morning. Uh, one service only, but you do not want to miss that service. It's always a um, great service uh, for me personally, he ministers to me. Uh, Danny always ministers to me. His freedom, his liberty, his loudness, his brashness. Oh, can I have an amen? You know, I just love Danny. And um, it always was. So that is next Sunday morning. Again, I apologize we don't have a slide, but um, I'll be planning on it and be looking forward to it next Sunday morning. Also, we are starting a new uh, study in our small group on identification, identifying with Christ and who we are positionally in him. Again, it almost goes with vision because if you can't see it, it's hard to walk in it. You have to see who you are. And so that will start next Sunday morning and we have new books. So if you're not a member or want a book or want to be a part, um, see me after service and uh, we'll get you hooked up and set up. Stand up with me, if you will. Turn and look at somebody and say, God is good all the time. Uh, I'm going to have a great week. Lots and lots of money is going to come to me. <laughs> a baby brother and a big dog. Can I have any? Okay, no, no, no. I mean, uh, that was there about the Molly's prayer for two years. Big, big house, lots and lots of money, a baby brother and a dog. And God got us all of them. Much to their regret. Luke, can I have an amen? <laughs> we all would look at him and they'd say something. He's on my nerves. I'm like, your fault. You prayed for him. This is what you get. Can I have an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Bow your heads with me. Father, we um, thank you right now. We thank you that your face shines upon us, your grace is made known to us, you give us your peace, <coughs> and that you are faithful. That you are faithful to give us the desire of our heart as we delight in you. And Father, Jesus is everything to us. Say that with me, Jesus is everything. So Father, we dedicate our lives to Jesus, and thank you that Jesus never leaves us nor forsakes us, even to the ends of this earth. In Jesus' name, so we will have a great week in him. We live and move and have our being. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed.